Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another edition of Children of Song, the podcast that explores what it must have been like to grow up surrounded by music. As most of you know by now, we usually speak with artists or musicians whose parents made a name for themselves in the music industry. But today we're doing something a little bit different. In what we're calling our Broadway sessions, we have the pleasure of being in the presence of a true iconic Broadway star, mm. as well as her daughter. But before we meet her and her daughter, um, I'm Charles Isherwood. I'll be the host for this trip down Broadway. And I'm joined by my producer, Brad Newman. Hello, Brad. Hey, Charles. How are you this <laughs> afternoon? I got to tell you, this is going to be fun because if you know anything about New York and you know anything about the stars that have played here in the last 30, 40, 50 years, this woman next to me has really, she's been in shows with all of them. She knows them all. I mean, it's special. It really is. Nothing to take for granted. Not at all. And we are very happy to be here. Brad, you'll be here to help me along the way, keep you on the straight and narrow. Uh, Rick Buser <laughs> is our engineer. And we're bringing this to you from the 18th floor of the News Court building above 6th Avenue here in Midtown Manhattan, just steps away from the heart of Broadway. <laughs> and I'm joined today by a two-time Tony Award winner who's been nominated an incredible 10 times for Tony <laughs> Awards. Uh, she's known, of course, for her roles in, for creating roles in West Side Story and uh, Chicago, two absolutely landmark musicals. She won her two Tony Awards for The Rink and Kiss of the Spider Moment, like Chicago, with scores by uh, John Cantor and Fred Ebb. The list goes on, of course. She is, of course, one of the greatest dancers to ever perform on Broadway. She's worked with all the greats, Jerome Robbins, Bob Fosse, Goward Champion, Rob Marshall, Graciela Daniela, mm. Daniele, That's and, it. <laughs> and I'm sure there are many more. She was recently awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Obama, and even more notably, perhaps, she was the first Hispanic woman to be given the Kennedy Center honor. Um, the phrase is very familiar, but she is indeed a living legend. And uh, most of you may know who she is by now. Uh, <laughs> please welcome Cheetah Rivera to the podcast. Uh, hello, everybody. It's really nice to be here. And I think this is a, a wonderful idea, Children of Music. I, I just think that's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's... And we, we have a child of music here. Yes, we do. <laughs> we have Cheetah's daughter, Lisa Mordente, who is also an actress, singer, and dancer, and choreographer, who has a Tony nomination to her uh, name as well. Thank you, too, for joining us, Lisa. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Mm. This is really cool. Cool. <laughs> well, we're going to start today, I think, with... Cheetah's history. Um, <laughs> it's since it's Let's the do. longest one here. <laughs> it's the oldest one here. <laughs> well, we've got four hours or so. Um, no, we want to... You had an interesting... You have a couple of great showbiz entry stories. Um, you were growing up uh, in a household that I think had some music in it. Yeah. But you started 
dancing at a very young age. How did the dance come about? Well, the dance came about because <laughs> I had an awful lot of energy. I was like, uh, I, I thought I was a boy. You know, I walked fences. I climbed trees. I, the, nobody could catch me in the neighborhood. I was just fast as the wind. And um, I was jumping from the sofa to the, you know, the armchair one day and, and jumped over the, the um, coffee table and didn't, didn't aim it too well right. and went straight through the coffee table. So that was when I was kicked out of my house by my mother who finally said, okay, that's it. We have to control this, this child and this energy. So she put me, and I think I was about eight I think eight or nine or something like that years old, and she put me in a ballet school in D.C. Doris Jones's ballet school, and and that that began the um, the focus, the you know controlled kind of energy that that uh, I I had to have in order to exist. You couldn't have this bopping human being running around the streets, jumping cars, <laughs> as a grown woman. But my dad. Was uh, well, my mother was also extremely musical. There was always music in the house, and we always loved to dance in the house. Um, I, I, well, I am. I, I do believe that music is the uh, is is the the key to all languages. You know, I just think music is just the thing that can bring us all together emotionally and unify us. But getting back to Daddy, Daddy played with Harry James. Mm. And um, my brother and I used to play in the back room at the house. And one day we saw this thing under the bed and we pulled it out and it was Daddy's saxophone. And we, you know, touched it and Mother... You know, sort of found us uh, in there playing around with this instrument, and she let us know how valuable it was. And then we learned a little bit more about Daddy and music. You know, mm -hmm. so my daughter, my sister, also was a beautiful ballet dancer. So, and my sister, my older sister, was a singer. She loved singing, and there was an opera singer in our family in Puerto Rico. So, music is. Uh, is high up on our list. And I'm fascinated as a ballet domain that you, uh, you know, here you were dancing around your living room. You went to ballet school, but uh, shortly thereafter you were sort of discovered by uh, the School of American Ballet, which was the right. preeminent company. Right. And uh, you were brought to New York and I think given a scholarship. Yeah. And you actually... We're in the presence of the great Mr. B, and I'm very curious about uh, well, that, your experience there, Balanchine. That, that, was, that was thrilling. Um, I just, uh, uh, my, my, uh, we were in class, and I always had a, 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 an overabundance of humor, and I like to be a little bit of a clown, so um, I had to be brought in in many different directions, but um, but this school, Mr. Balanchine from New York City Ballet School of American Ballet, uh, sent some scouts down to D.C. Uh, because he had heard that there were some good students in this school. This, this teacher was extraordinary. She was from Boston, Doris Jones. And, um, and so we were on our good behavior that day, and Lewis Johnson uh, and myself were chosen as the two to uh, represent her school. And, and I had to come to New York to audition for the scholarship. 
and I had no idea that I was auditioning in front of Mr. Mr. B, you know, <laughs> and, and had I known, I may not ever have met the, the two of you. <laughs> My life might have been <laughs> oh, completely different because... Um, I, you know, I was in my, all my pinks and my point shoes and everything, and uh, this very nice elderly gentleman was giving me directions, and I was doing my bar work, and then I did my floor work, and I was doing my foites and things, and, and he looked, I looked down, and there was some blood on my heel, and I had a blister, and I didn't know it, so there I was with my foot up on Mr. B's lap as he sent someone out for a a Band-Aid. Uh-huh. And I said, How, what a sweet old man this is, you know. <laughs> and and I find out later that it was Mr. B. And I don't know. You never, One never knows, you know, how things would turn out anyhow. And Lewis was the very first black male dancer um, for SAB in the, in the company. That's uh, remarkable. He, he was the very first brilliant, brilliant dancer. Uh, and um, and I remember thinking also in the ballet school, the piano players were so magnificent. Their choice of music for us to dance to just um, energized us and and um, and made us appreciate music even more. Just the music in the classroom, just with the piano. So. Um, that that's that story, and then of course my my life kind of changed when there was a girl that wasn't on scholarship, uh, who had to earn some money for her, her her living, asked me if I would go to an audition with her, and I felt really bad that she had to lower herself to go to a Broadway show. Oh, how shaming for a ballet <laughs> dancer! <laughs> really, what a little snot I was. I had no idea. And I got the job, and she didn't. So that really is like what happened. But what was that um, that that change that occurred to you? Because here you were, you, you joke, you say, "Well, I was a snob," but then you you walk into that theater, and there is really magic there, especially on Broadway and oh these my. rehearsal halls. I mean, Ethel Merman, I think, was oh the lead role in that mm. that first production well, you were in, right? Yeah. Well, that's why I call myself a snot. I mean, it, you know, how dare me? But uh, what I was really saying was how sad that her her dream, I thought, was as mine was, and that was to join New York City Ballet. Mm. That was, that's what we thought. But life and God have something else to say about it, you know, and you, you don't choose it always. You just have to more or less um, follow, you know, the yes, signs the way, along the way. The curves life throws you. I mean, yeah. usually they're good ones, sometimes not so good. But yeah, you had some been. very amazing ones. Mine have been blessed, yes. Yes, and, uh, you know, you were a gypsy for a while there. The best. And uh, the best because that's you le- enjoy the com- camaraderie Absolutely. of being a gypsy. Absolutely. Being a gypsy is, I, I think, kids today that don't have the experience of dancing with a chorus mm-hmm. and being a part of the chorus, um, you know, they, they 
they they don't have the understanding of giving and helping and sharing and being part of the family. For those who don't know, they, they call chorus members gypsies because you move from show to show and, yeah. and you don't get paid the most at That's all. Right. I mean, you're just getting along with what you can get along with. But I think that also, that, that and I really got to give that to you because that's something I super uh, respect is that it keeps your feet grounded too. Wow. It sure does. It, it, and it makes you very familiar with uh, the girl beside you or the guy beside you. And you're not out there by yourself. You never feel alone. And, and, and it brings out um, a quality in yourself of, um, you know, helping and sharing. You know, you're, you're not selfish. Well, and also, I tell you, the chorus members will take a bullet for you. And, uh, Heck yes. <laughs> and I, you I want will that do absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Uh, you want that. You really do. Of course now, you do. I think we need that as human beings, period. We need mm-hmm. to think that way as just as human, just as human beings. And of course, we're all in this together on some totally. cosmic level. Totally. <laughs> but you did, of course, emerge, you know, a few years later uh, with this great, great opportunity to have, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the original role of Anita in West Side Story. Right. And... Suddenly, that was a major change for you, I suppose. You had had some roles, of course. But uh, did that musical, we look back now, of course, and it's you know, a landmark. Um, and, everyone, <laughs> and you assume that everyone away, was aware at the time that they were creating this magnificent show. What was it like as a young you know, dancer to be working with these legends, Bernstein, Sondheim, Lawrence, Robbins? It was, um, you're working with Jerome Robbins. I mean, it's as simple as that. You do as you're told. And if you're smart, you'll do that. Uh, First of all, you don't want to be fired. You don't want to be, you know, it's a job at that point because you really want to please that choreographer. You really want to see a smile on the face of the composer. Yeah, we we knew that these were, you know, um, extraordinary people, but we didn't know that much about it. Mm we were all very young. Stephen Sondheim was was very young. We were all very young, and so we just did our job. We showed up every day, and um, and we didn't want Jerome Robbins certainly to. Um, he I called him Big Daddy. Mm. I mean, he was the father of us all, and um, you didn't want to do anything wrong. Uh, as far as that was concerned. Yes, this is a recurring theme already. He's known for his... Uh, he's a demanding... Yes, he is, young. and I believe in it. I think he's absolutely right, because I think we can be lazy. And it's not easy to be a dancer. It's not easy to... Or a singer, or, or an actor that gives their lives to this, you know, profession. You know, I mean, you've got to focus... And I, I think we're kind of lazy, basically, as human beings. But I think also performers, and I don't think we necessarily need this. I say this in the past. I was an actor way back when, years ago, <laughs> decades. Um, obviously, it didn't work out for me. Um, but no, but you need something and someone to inspire you totally. to reach way beyond yourself. To- and just the idea of being on Broadway and the, that crowd isn't going to do it. But somebody you really respect yeah. can make you shoot for the moon. And you know, it's it's like having a mom and, and, and a dad. You know, you want to please. I remember when I had my accident. I want my my doctor. I wanted to please my doctor. How did I want to please my doctor? By getting well and doing exactly what he tells me to do. All of that training you get as a dancer 
you you can put into the rest of your life, you know. And so we didn't realize that we had any really anything extraordinary until we got to D.C., until we got to the first run-through, I think, mm-hmm. um, in, in the rehearsal hall. And we had people responding, and we went, doggone, wow. We have, <laughs> this is we've, it. Yeah, we've touched something we've t- major. Totally, yeah. And then you get to another level of realizing how important you are in order to... I just want to tell kids today... You have a heck of a responsibility. You are translating great librettists' words. You're singing songs of great composers. You have a responsibility to really do it right in the way they want it. So I kind of feel we're vessels. Mm. And West Side Story brings us, in an interesting fashion, to Lisa. Ah. Because (laughs) uh, you married, of course, uh, during the course of the show. And uh, theater lore says that the London opening was postponed so that you could give birth to Lisa and yeah. obviously recover before <laughs> before you could do it all again. Yeah. Uh, so Lisa sort of stopped the show before she was born. <laughs> well, Lisa was supposed to be. Well, we were we were directed by Jerry not to talk to the Sharks, but not to talk to the Jets, and the Jets, but not to talk to the Sharks. We were not to engage with uh, each other at all during rehearsals, and we did not. And that's how we really learned a lot about our characters in the play. Mm. Uh, so he taught us how to, how to act. But I had to go and <laughs> fall in love with a jet. I did. I mean, I didn't just not speak to him. I married him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was that some of the allure that you were forbidden to speak to these people? <laughs> I don't think I'm quite that brave. And, you know, I'm not that colorful either. You know. But he uh, was really, I mean, Jerry was mad for him. And, and he was absolutely right because not only was Tony charming and really... Um, Swell, but he was an extraordinary dancer, mm. just the best in the entire company. I mean, I remember sitting, we were watching television, and we saw Eddie Villella on television, and Eddie w- did a double tour, and Tony said, oh, really? And he, in the living room, he just stood up and did a triple tour mm. in <laughs> the living room. So, wow, just mm. an example. <laughs> a rather striking one. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Lisa, you were born into showbiz. Yes, I was. I was actually the first half-jet, half-shark. Oh. So, (laughs) how about that? Yeah. And I was in the original company, if you think about it. Uh, (laughs) So that show means so much to me. And when I hear the music, it's like I, I get, like, emotional in certain places that you think, why am I getting emotional here? It makes no sense. And it's an emotional score, of course, but I would say that to mom, and she would say, oh, yeah, I was in the wings when everybody was doing that, and I would cry, and I thought, wow, osmosis, true. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that even being in the womb during some of those moving <laughs> moments, that, that yeah. emotion transferred. For real, for real. Because, you know, I, I would ask her, and she'd say that, and I'd think, wow, that really is a real deal. So I feel very much a part of West Side Story. You know, on both sides. Yes, it sounds like you should be. <laughs> uh, it's, it's in your blood. It is in <laughs> my blood, for sure. It's in your metabolism in a fascinating <laughs> way. 
And when you were growing up, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there were some performers who try to, you know, sort of insulate their children from yeah. their career and from their, you know, daily mm -hmm. life work experiences. I get the sense that that was not the case with you. you. It was you not know, the case. She welcomed you into her life on every level. Yeah. Yes, but it was, you know, it, it's it, people ask me that a lot, and um, it was so natural. There was not a feeling of um, oh, we have to be careful and showbiz and home and this and that. It just that's how it was. And when mom was in rehearsal for something, you know, I would come with her, and I grew up watching, like, uh, these amazing shows, you know, the originals of certain things, like Fiddle, Fiddler on the Roof it would be following Mom and Sweet Charity or before us at the theater, and I would sit in the orchestra pit, and I would see what was going on. Chicago. And so, Chicago, mm. I was saw it built from day one. I heard that you actually knew all the numbers and I would dance them. every <laughs> step Ever. I mean, actually, all all they had to do was ask you how their performance was after stage. So you, you were pretty good, Gwen, but you missed that one step. <laughs> well, that, that's what I would do in in the later years. I would ask Lisa, "What what was that? How was the honey rag? Yeah. What was this step like this?" And she would tell me. It's, oh it's yeah, still that I mean, way. That was a lot. That was incredible to be blessed to be able to see these things be created, you know, and see the original creators put it up, you know, as opposed to second generation, whatever. It was cool. And, you know, you were obviously surrounded by um, all these great performers, uh, you know, creators. Mm -hmm. Are there some in particular who became very meaningful in your life as you were growing up? Because, of course, Cantor and Ed were a big part of your life. Bob Fosse, I mean. Bob anyone... Fosse was, a, was a, a big inspiration to me, you know, dance-wise. I just loved his signature. I... Uh, I love to be able to recognize someone's work. I have a friend who's a choreographer. He's amazing, but he do, he does a lot of um, of videos and uh, television shows and stuff. Barry Lather, and he choreographed for Janet Jackson and so forth and so on. And I adore him because I can recognize his choreography anywhere. I'm like, oh, and I can recognize a step. That's Barry's step. And I think that's important, that it's not just generic, that you can recognize someone's work. Because it's their soul. Yeah. It's their gift. Absolutely. Their but yeah. these people also really got close to you personally. It mm -hmm. wasn't just the fact that their signature. <gasps> I mean, Bob oh. Fosse, we, we read, but he's like a second father. Yeah, I mean, they I mean, all, you know, Fred Ebb was, was instrumental in, uh, <laughs> in my life growing up. Instrumental. And... Um, I just love him so much. I just love him so much and miss him so much. Also, funny little quick story is um, the show Hair. <laughs> Jerome Ragney, Jerry Ragney, who wrote it with um, with uh, 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 Jimmy, Jimmy right. Rado, who is amazing. And Jerry, with the big hair, he was on the, you know, <laughs> on the poster and in the show, of course. And he was a good friend of mom and dad's. And he would come over and he'd say, oh, I want to see the baby. I want to see the baby. I want to see Lisa. And he would come into my room and mom, and he'd put his head over my bed, right in front of me, like this close. And mom would say, don't you wake her up. You're going to scare her half to death. Scare her. All this hair hanging but over. But I have to tell you, he was a big influence for me. Jerry would pop in and out of our life. He, he was either going to be a priest or what he did 
end up being. So he was very, very Italian and very homey and very whatever, with us at least. Mm -hmm. And he was instrumental, and I just loved him so much. And they sang, and and, and the house was... We used to joke about it, Lisa, remember? Uh-huh. We used to joke that you can always recognize our house because it's moving. <laughs> yes. It constantly <laughs> is moving. Because every dancer that was a fabulous dancer in California and those that moved from New York to California, we were all, because of the gypsy thing, because we uh-huh. stayed friends and protected each other, uh, they all came to the house. So that house was dancing, singing, uh-huh. and there's a huge mirror I have that has gone, <laughs> just traveled all over the world with with us. and um, And it's had... It was just yesterday that I said to James, he said, oh, I love that mirror. And I said, if that mirror could only talk. Oh, brother. I said, and then I thought, you know, that would be a good book. (laughs) In the mirror or something about the mirror and tell the stories that the mirror has seen. Mm. Every dancer that I know that's so brilliant, you know, the Didi and Mark and Grazi and all the Bereshnikov, all of, all yeah. of them have been in, in front that of this mirror. <laughs> yeah, Liza, all of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, if we could conjure the spirit of that mirror, <laughs> oh boy, we would have a very good book deal for a mirror. <laughs> We'd have to move. Yeah. Um, well, it's fascinating now because of course you were exposed to so much of this, and eventually, it, you know, it was clearly something you wanted to do. Uh, did you guys discuss this? Uh, was there any sense that well, you know, should I be discouraging her because we know it's not the easiest life? You had a very, you know, charmed life in some ways, but you had your hard times too, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. person in showbiz does. Of course. So uh, when you, was there any formal moment when she came to you and said... It never really was like, oh, we need to sit and talk about this. Do mm-hmm. you want... It's Everything seemed to just flow. And it, I was in school and... Um, I can't remember. An agent from out of nowhere um, came to mom and said, uh, do you – I have something that would be great for Lisa if she ever wants to be in the business and she could audition for this TV show. And mom said yes. I I believe in – if 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 there are several doors and there is a crack in one of the doors and light is coming through, peak. You don't have to yeah. open up. Just peak. Yeah, there was never because pressure. Because I think there's signs constantly that we have to be aware of, good and bad. Mm. And uh, you, the word is aware. The word is simply aware. And when this came, I thought, I asked if she wanted it. And she said, yes. I said, sure. I mean, I, I didn't even so think I thought, ahead. Yeah. You know, so I didn't think, oh, maybe I'm this go is it. Audition and see, oh, my goodness. And I just went, oh, well, sure. But I didn't even think maybe I would even get it. Mm-hmm. And um, I got it, like, way sooner than we would have expected to hear, as opposed to saying, oh, yes, you've got it. And now we're going to talk to you. But no, they said, you've got it. And you've got and three California. days to decide whether you want to move to L.A. And how old were you at this I time? I was 16. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of did what my mother did. Because mm-hmm. mom, um, mother's here. <laughs> mother, um, 
she she called some friends in, and this was before I graduated high school. Uh, called some friends in New York and and said, "Can she come and stay with you for a bit until?" These auditions, uh, this audition is over with. I can't remember how long it was the first time. But mother, when I got it, mother actually allowed me to leave the home. That's a Latin family. There's five kids. Daddy's Mm -hmm. gone. My mother actually had the guts to let me come to New York and stay with this family, which did not work out terribly well, but there was no harm done. But mm. what an evil woman that woman was. Oh. Um, <laughs> Into um, each life, some evil woman. <laughs> How are you going to tell the good ones if the evils are? That's true. That's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I went to um, my, uh, my aunt and uncles, Uncle Ralph and Aunt Mary, and Mom called them. And told them, you know, she's going to come out and do this. I don't know what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And that's where I went. So I felt incredibly safe and um, did this show, Viva Valdez. Uh, you know, it was just a sitcom. It was just, oh, it was not written very well. Right. But not it was with, Side Story, shall we say. <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. But it was a whole different medium, and, and uh, the actors were extraordinary Carmen um, Carmen Zapata and uh, some real real good people and that's where I started and it was and I, I had a ball I, I felt as though she was taken care of too, oh I was because sure. they yeah. all without my asking anything and because the theater is such a warm and wonderful family they take care of each other yeah. and they absolutely three of them Mm-hmm. Wrote me a note. I didn't ask for it, saying she's doing great. She's she's really professional. We love her to death. Don't worry about anything. She's we've got her back. You know. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, and I, and I'll take nothing away from you, but mm-hmm. because they also knew that you grew up in this. Oh my gosh! You, you were a pro. Uh, I mean, you, you were. You yes, were ready yeah. to go. You were probably more professional than some of the kids that were 25 years old <laughs> yeah, on that yeah, set. Honestly, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, um, uh, I just, it, it's all I knew. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I was blessed to be able to be around people that were past professional. I mean, just like the deal. So uh, it wasn't extraordinary to me in that that's just what you're supposed to be. <laughs> so if somebody was a little, you know, unprofessional, it was like alien to me. If somebody said, if they were doing a show, and a live show on Broadway or something, and said, oh, no, I can't do the matinee because it... Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's not the way I grew up. Yeah, <laughs> You have to drag me off the stage because that's not what you do. You know, that's the challenge of mm-hmm. getting past little obstacles that you have to, not... <laughs> You know, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> well, we're going to fast forward a bit to something that you alluded to. Um, well, I'd actually like to fast backwards, rewind, <laughs> um, because we mentioned Candor and Ebb. And, you know, you knew them well, of course. Oh, but yes. uh, they were really so instrumental in your life. Uh, <laughs> they wrote shows simply because they wanted to write a show for you. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about your relationship with them and how... Of course, Eb is not with us anymore, but I know that you recently celebrated John Candor's um, 
uh, birth. I won't say the, na- the age. Oh, thank you so much, because I am <laughs> such a clown, and I'm such a tease, and I teased him so much that entire week, because I knew <laughs> that every time somebody said happy birthday, they said is, is the age. Oh, yeah. You know, and so thank you for not saying it. <laughs> He's ageless to all of us. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, these are people who've been there for you for so many years, yeah. and you tell me, you know, how your friendship developed, uh, what respect you have for them as music, you know, the uh, whole thing. Well, I, I, I constantly say that in my club act that I wouldn't be standing here had it not been for Freddie and John. I don't know where I would be. Uh, and um, I, it started, Freddie, when I was in Bye Bye Birdie, he told me later, and I remember meeting him outside the theater he lived across the street from the Martin Beck Theater, you know, so that's kind of how we saw face-to-face. But then my first uh, professional thing was um, Zorba. Mm-hmm. And I was with something, I was doing something else, and I'd heard that this amazing singer had lost her voice. Uh, and uh, they asked if I would, if I would be interested in doing it. And you know, it's nice being stupid sometimes. <laughs> you know, it really is not. You know, because then you get you have the guts and you don't have any fear at all. And I said, "Yeah, well, this girl could sing," and I'm embarrassed that I can't remember her name now. But oh. she was like, uh, she was a Greek girl, and she was really authentic. You know, and um, but eight shows a week and. You know that the, that range. Anyhow, John, they were on the road. It was with John Rate. Do you remember that name? <laughs> and um, Bonnie's dad. Yep, Bonnie's <laughs> dad. And uh, so I went out to San Francisco, and we worked on the score. I realized then how really hard it was. That's a hard. Bubble. I loved the score. I still think it's one of their best scores. And um, that's how it's it started. And then Freddie, Freddie and I hit it, bam, like just mm-hmm. bam, because those two, John writes, John is also maybe one of the nicest human beings yeah. in this entire world, and um, he writes such beautiful melodies. There's a lot of ballet behind him and classical music behind you know his his knowledge and everything. And um, so he writes the most gorgeous melodies, and um, jo- and Freddie, the two of them write funny stuff as well as dark and Germanic and mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, very heavy stuff. Uh, because Freddie, they've both written, you know, uh, funny. Music for my club act that, that they material. did when Fosse had a heart attack. They said, "Let's do a club act," and I said, "Oh, I can't do a club act." <laughs> wow, right? You know, and I went, "I can't stand up there and just look at people." Cheetah, I don't even know who she is, but they knew who I was. Mm. Uh, even better than you did, of course. They because... knew, as as does Terrence McNally. Mm. They knew, you see. So, um, I learned from it, yeah. them. I learned who I was from them. I'm in goosebumps <laughs> now because I I believe we're a tapestry of of our our, our lives. You know, we are who who we've met and who 
you know. Well, and the possibilities of you too. They knew the possibilities Absolutely. of Cheetah. They believe. I mean, they made me believe that I was okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, they really made me believe that I, you know that I had something to offer, and they were giving it to me all the time. They were offering it to me all the time, and because I trusted them, and I loved what I was doing, it wasn't. You know, I didn't just go ahead mm-hmm. on the road. I just loved. It was fulfilling. Everything that I was doing, too. it was fulfilling. And, and Zorvo actually was my. That's, that's how I got right. my equity card. <laughs> I was ten years old, right? 10. Yeah. Yeah. And mom had to go on the road, and Freddie and Ron Field. That's right. Said, well. We have a part for a little boy of the village. Let's make it the little girl of the village. I had the time of my life. Except when, what's his name, had to pick you up with his teeth at the table. <laughs> Louis you know Gundunis. Oh, Louis Gundunis. Yes. I love you for remembering his name. He, she had to sit on this table. And Do you remember when Greek, when you'd go to the Greek restaurants, and they used to pick up the table with their, with teeth. their teeth. Yeah. Well, in maybe. fact, no. It <laughs> sounds fascinating. <laughs> well, they had my daughter on that table. It was so he, much fun. It was amazing. She was always in the wings, having a nervous breakdown, just to make sure I wasn't falling out. Then she was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my God. Well, uh, to move forward a bit, we have a come to a dark space. You had a very bad accident. Um, sort of at the height of your career, you were still, of course, you know doing a lot of work yeah um and for a dancer and somebody who makes their life you know in the public eye um particularly a dancer i suppose that must have been a very traumatic moment for you Uh, it would be for anyone of course yeah it's an interesting thing about all of us we're all so different um and you never know what you're like until you're thrust into the situation or you know and i clearly remember, and I think it's my dance training, um, I'm very much a person that's in the moment. I like being in the moment, not yesterday, and not, certainly not tomorrow, because I don't know what the heck that is, but I like, I, I'm, I'm comfortable in the moment. And so when the car hit, um, I, I must have been a, a bit numb, a, you know, and... Fuck. In shock, yeah. And then uh, it wasn't until I got to the hospital and the nurse said, oh, it's so nice to meet you, yada, 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 uh, which I kind of like, okay, that's very nice, but you know, you go. And then she came out after the extra and she said, boy, you really did a good job on yourself. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized something had changed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until then. Mm-hmm. I, I was busy going through all the rest of it, all the rest of it. And then I, and I felt myself, you know, if you take the, sh- the gear and you shift gears. And I, I remember saying, and I really, unless I'm really mad, I don't curse very much, do I, Lisa? No, Mama. Right. <laughs> There's only one answer to that question. That's right. <laughs> and I, I said with the S word and and I knew I mean I felt myself adjust to another situation and I and it was because of my training that I knew I had to fix it mm-hmm. and a wonderful dancer named Gary Christ said it's just going to be different Cheetah I said no it's not going to be different it's going to be the same you know I'm going to get it back to what it was 
And so I was just put in a place where I had to recover, and that was the thing to do. And, and, and just for the audience, just to let them know, I mean, you broke this left leg in like right. 12 different places. Oh, right. I mean, there are plates and screws up and down her leg that, yeah. you know, you get called out yeah. in, a, in an airport. Right. Yeah. I mean, this, we get worried if they don't call her out. I mean, nowadays we do. You know what I'm saying? Well, this is wrong with the machine. It'd be right. lucky if if you she could <coughs> walk again and let alone well, dance. Well, they said and she never going to dance again. I mean, and she went, really? You, you can't tell in her walk at all that at she was all. ever. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's there, a, there are millions of people, you know, that are that that do that. You know. Um, it's just that I like to tell the kids that you can, you know, that you can get past it. If you just don't think of not being able to do something, think of being able to do it. Then you get some degree of it. I mean, but it's a, I mean, it's a life changing experience. Yeah. So you have to put your mind into just moving forward. And then suddenly mom was at uh, it was the Tony Awards and it hadn't even been six months, I want to say, after the accident. And they called her and they said, we wanted to call, but we know you won't be able to, but you wanted to. And uh, will you, there's a little section where you would just go across the stage for a minute. And there she was on, uh, uh, in, uh, mm -hmm. it was a Bye Bye Birdie thing. Yeah. And, and she's on the push cart. And she goes across the stage with her leg in a cast, <laughs> up in the air, singing. And the audience was like, what? Amazing. They went crazy. You know, all of that's possible if you just try it, you know? You just don't, you don't fall down. <laughs> Everybody can pretty much do it. They just, if they don't do it, then they just need somebody to push them to do it. Yeah. Well, and you came back, you know, a few years later, and you had Candor and Ebb, you know, writing another show for you. <laughs> that must have been a nice little bit of motivation to finish the everything you needed to do and get yourself in proper shape. I mean, yeah. that's kind of amazing to have another opportunity. Timing. Timing. Yeah. Timing is... Yeah. Timing, you know, I, 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 I give it up to a lot of things, you know. And timing is vital and the condition of the theater is vital at the time and the price of the tickets are oh. vital. And, I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, Timing but the good. most important thing is you and 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 your passion. You know, that's that's the important thing. Um, and being prepared oh, through your experience ready. for what life is going to throw you, whether ready. it be good or bad. Ready, right? And uh, it sounds Absolutely. like you really made something out of this, and your career flourished ever since then, um, which is really quite amazing. Um, I do want to ask about. I know you've worked together recently. You had your one-woman show or your solo right. show with many dancers. <laughs> uh, your autobiographical show, I should say. And you worked on the show. Yes. And you had obviously worked together in some capacities earlier with the, the scary table story. Um, <laughs> but we how was that? We worked a lot together, actually. Yeah. A and, lot. Um, we uh, When I was little, and it, it wasn't anything planned. They would just call and like we did the Merv Griffin show together. Tell that one. Oh no, you have to tell that one because you're the one. I wasn't aware. Well, she said I was a nervous wreck. I'm her mother, and this is like I think maybe first the time. first no, time. No, it was the first time. And 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 so here she is, and so uh, you know I'm stand. We're standing here. Merv is in the middle, and no, he's on the other side of Lisa, and we're talking about what she's done and what I've done, and 
and we were about to sing, and and I had said to her before the show, now, Lisa, if you get nervous, don't worry about anything. I'm here. I got your back. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to be fine, so just don't be nervous. Little did I know. I We get out there, and all of a sudden... I Miss Jabberwocky over here. I mean, she was like, "Well, yes," and I could feel myself stepping back. And I went, "Well, I don't have to worry about this." And we sang this song. I can't remember. I think we did a little section of America. Why do I want to say that? But we did a whole song. We did a whole song. We did. And but you were. On it. Well, and I just went, okay. I now I don't. No, I don't have. To that's what she that. taught me. I mean, I just went into you know, <laughs> <laughs> pulled that out. It was fun. It was it fun. It was fun. But that was the mommy in you. Oh yeah. But we've done a lot of stuff together. We did Anything Goes Together yeah. um, with Larry Kurt, who was the original Tony in West Side Story. Mm-hmm. So that was incredibly fun. And um, and and then we've worked together. I've choreographed and co-directed and done stuff like that with mom so we've done a lot you know a lot of people and and some you know sons and daughters Mm -hmm. get really intimidated by you know being associated with such a big star just from being with you and spending some time with you it doesn't seem like getting involved in that shadow was something that that worried you that she's been so supportive you know never anything at all like that and i would hear and like people like Rona Barrett, they would you know interview you and, and ask me, you know, it must be really hard. You know, people say you look like your mom and you just like, oh, it must be really hard on you. And I'm like, first of all, I am nothing like my mother because if I am as good as she is now, there's no one could do it. So that's a compliment to me. Thank you very much. But no, I have no issues. And they were actually disappointed that I didn't have these stories and this stuff. Yeah, you were Christina Crawford with your <laughs> exactly <laughs> with a big book to write. Exactly, and Betty Davis's daughter. And yeah. Rah. But um, no, it was never. It was never a problem. No. Well, in some ways, that's unusual. but It is unusual. I'm seeing it. You know, I finally yeah. started to see that. I went, oh, well, you guys need to stop because it shouldn't, you know, it's the same person whether they're on the stage or whether they're at home. So. Well, it's a testament to the fact that, you know, you did bring her into your world, but also you were, you know, a loving mother at the same time. You didn't feel the need to make some distinction. And, you know, I'm the performer here and I'm the mother here. And yeah. that, that can, yeah. I think, make you almost... Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Separating them. It and, blended. You know, it worked out perfectly well. Um, you know, I'm sure there may have been an occasional moment of, oh, mom. Or, oh, please. Or, oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Don't but, uh, oh, mommy. No. <laughs> but, you know, this is a very, I can tell by just sitting yeah. here with you two that you have a very, uh, you know, uniquely warm relationship. We love um, each other. And I hope you'll continue to work together. I know that you're going out on the road again soon. I believe with Tommy Toon. Is that true? Yeah. I love Tommy. Lisa worked with Tommy in Platinum. Was yeah. It Platinum, yes. yes, I know that. Tommy. Tommy. The, the moon and the sun. I mean, he's so tall. It's no wonder he mm. has a yeah, connection the air to is the different stars. <laughs> yeah. He likes to tour, too. I saw yes. him when I was uh, a kid in Washington, D.C. in Swonderful. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he talk about he, he, he Like you, Cheetah, he's like all over the place. You love to tour. Well, he likes people. And, and uh, he's so sweet. And he's getting 
even more. Ha- he's getting much more handsome. He's the gorgeous. older he gets. Yeah. I mean, he just oh, that beautiful. Yeah, oh, the hair. The gray oh, hair. Yes. Good. So why he, wouldn't you want to look at that? And why wouldn't you want to <laughs> hear stories? And and it's two people that really respect each other a lot yeah. and like to be with each other. So why not share? Some of that. So we're really looking forward to it. Graziella is going to assist us. Nice. And um, and we're really, really, you know, we're, we're really. And besides Tommy, not only sings and dances and acts, he's a choreographer and a director himself. So he we're sure talking is. multi-talented yeah. human being. And kids need to see this. People need to see this. Yeah. You know, people all. This country thinks New York is the only place that there's Broadway, well, there are fabulous theaters all across this country, and a lot of people that love the theater across this country. Well, we love you. Thank you for coming in. This has been fun. I don't usually like to talk about (laughs) No, you don't. It's the same old story. (laughs) But but this is... You guys are great, too. Yes, thank you. Thank you. you. It's It's been a great thrill. and, uh, you know, great energy in this room, which, of course, you bring to everything that you do. I haven't seen much of you, but I, <laughs> perhaps I shall soon perhaps. at some point. Yes. Um, anyway, I reiterate Brad's thanks. This has really been a, a, a nice afternoon. It's rainy out, but I don't feel it's <laughs> there's been any rain in here. <laughs> so uh, we wish you the best with, Thank you. you know, everything that's I'm coming. I'm surprised I haven't met you before. We did meet once very briefly in, uh, it was Houston. You were there for a, we were both there for a children's theater conference. Oh, okay. I don't expect you to remember <laughs> this. <laughs> there were a few people there, right? It was a great conference. <laughs> it was very worthy, but we met in a green room or something, but it was 10 seconds. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and okay. I was much younger then, of course. Um, <laughs> we look five now. Anyway. But <laughs> uh, it's great to see you again. Thank you. Thank you it's so much. It's been swell. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah. Before we let you go, we want to welcome you to the B-side, the producer's notes. This wonderful episode with Cheetah and her daughter Lisa was actually recorded last year. Since then, she's just finished touring with Tommy Toon with dates in Florida, California, Arizona, and New Jersey. But you can still catch her solo show coming up at the 92nd Street Y for two performances on June 25th in New York City. Next week, we'll steer back to country and the young man with the big beard who's got the music industry buzzing right now. Jordan Davis stops by the studio and talks about his debut album, Home State. He sings his latest hit song, Singles You Up, along with Leaving New Orleans, Take It From Me, and many more. Only on Children of Song, the podcast that combines live music with great storytelling. Till next time, I'm Brad Newman. Thanks for listening. It's for tips, but I'm leaving New Orleans. There's too much of you in this town. Your memories like moss in a tree. Every corner is just hanging around. Well, big easy ain't so easy. Hard to say it, but baby, come on, then. I'll be rolling like the Mississippi leaving New Orleans. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. 
Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.